Welcome to the Salt Lake Christian Center podcast. We're a network of language churches worshiping together as one. It is our prayer that this message will be a blessing and encouragement to your life. Now, join us for one of our weekly sermons. Uh, This has been somewhat of a um, great week. And um, I... I have the next several messages all laid out, Um, but sometimes the Holy Spirit rearranges those, and sometimes he does that on Sunday morning. Uh, I'm glad he gave me a few days notice on this one, and um, on, uh, when was it, Thursday we went to the movie? Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, Kathy. And I, by the way, those of you that don't know, you're uh, new here. Uh, This is Kathy's father, John Anderson. And he has been a pastor for longer than Kathy and I have been alive. I didn't quite catch it. You didn't quite catch it? What? It's okay. (laughs) Dad, Dad, you've been a pastor since the time that the Dead Sea was still sick. (laughs) You'll get it in a minute. Um, And uh, I have, and I've told you before in in the coming, or in the past several weeks, uh, the impact that um, a Netflix, I'm not promoting Netflix, we don't own a Netflix uh, um, subscription, um, but I borrowed a subscription and watched the Netflix net. I can't even say it. Netflix documentary on Jesus music, and it was it was an incredible documentary. A part of that documentary was. The just a, actually even just a small part of that documentary of the mid '60s up and through the '70s of a great outpouring and uh, revival, revolution. I think is a good name for it. We've talked about it the past several weeks that I've been talking about the spiritual gifts and acts and the Holy Spirit, and uh, so. We went to see the Jesus Revolution movie. How many of you have seen it? Okay. Uh, I don't often recommend movies. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> he, one of his batteries died, so. My batteries are out. The batteries in your hearing aids? It's okay. I will talk loud enough so you can hear me. <laughs> Uh, we'll get through this amen (laughs) and um, so we went to we went to see the movie and and cried half of the way through it and um, felt very impressed with the story of the movie but there's there's something that that movie leaves out and that, that movie, it's a great movie. Uh, thank God for Chuck Smith uh, 
and and what God did in his life as a pastor and and what he had uh, has brought into uh, fruition through the power of the Holy Spirit working through him and his church. Uh, but that is just a part of what happened in the late 60s and the early 70s because that wasn't the only revival that was taking place in the nation at that time. It actually was nationwide that there were different places that at the same time, of course, California gets all of the media coverage, right? And, and I'm not knocking that. What happened in California was awesome. But I think what you need to know is that all over the nation at the same time, and not just because of what was happening in Southern California, but a sovereign move of the Spirit of God all over the nation. And there were churches, small churches, uh, large churches, um, that had this influx of hippies. Okay? They weren't just in Southern California. There were some here in Salt Lake. I'm looking around. Okay? And, and um, as, as everything began to spread around, they started coming to churches. And, and I, want, I want to finish the story, and I want to make it really personal, um, with um, what happened. Um, Pastor John Anderson was pastoring in Wilder, Idaho. Can you say Wilder? Wilder. Okay. And Wilder, Idaho is 35 miles west of Boise, little bitty town. And um, Pastor John and my dad had been friends in Costa Mesa College in the 50s. The 50s. You were in Costa Mesa in the 50s. Late 50s. That's when I went to college. That's where you went to college. Okay. It was in Costa Mesa's old college. The old college. Now it's called Van. Now it's called Vanguard University. Your wife was born. He's proud of his daughter, isn't he? And I'm proud of my wife. Amen. So. Um, just as a coincidence, um, my father went to the same college as Kathy's father. And although he wasn't, my father wasn't there for the length of time that Pastor John was. But they got acquainted. They weren't necessarily close friends, but they got acquainted. And as, um, as time went on and years went on, they happened to meet in St. Louis, Missouri. And they, met, they hadn't seen each other for 20 years, but they were both going to the top of the arch in St. Louis, Missouri. And at the top of the arch, they met each other. And they said, well, hey, aren't you John Anderson? Aren't you Robert Smith? Hey, we've seen you. That's great. So they, they, they got this friendship going. And then there was this by the way statement. 
By the way, I have a teenage daughter. <laughs> and my dad says, what a coincidence. I have a teenage son. <laughs> Kathy and I were arranged marriage, okay? <laughs> and I'm not complaining. So in, in the early 70s, um, I felt the call of God on my life. I never felt the call of God to be a pastor. But I was an evangelist for the first six years of my ministry in the early, early 70s. And um, it just so happens that um, Pastor Anderson invited me to preach at Wilder, Idaho. And I thought it was because he had heard of my reputation of this framing evangelist, this wonderful person, you know. That, um, so I went to Wilder. And, and here, all, all kidding aside, and that's where I met Kathy. There's a whole other story all to all of that. And we, and we got married, obviously. And we've been married for almost 48 years. You know I think it's 46, isn't it? We just passed. We have been married 40 odd years, okay? It's, um, it's funny, he's always a year or two ahead. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> there was an amazing thing taking place in this little. Um, town of Wilder, Idaho, which was at some major crossroads in western Idaho, um, uh, to the west of Boise. And there was this incredible revival taking place in that little church. And it involved young people, of which Kathy was a part. And over the next several months and, and years that I was able to minister in that, in, that, uh, in that setting, I was impressed at the way that Pastor John Anderson pastored that revival. Because a revival has to be pastored. And his passion for the move of God and watching Kathy as she operated in that setting. And so I, I, just want, I just want to make it kind of down to earth today. And here's what I want, here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen as Kathy and her dad talk about what sparked that revival, what God did in that revival, and maybe it'll have some meaning for us. Amen? I welcome... One of the greatest father-in-laws ever and the greatest wife ever. <laughs> he said you were the greatest father-in-law. <laughs> I'll take that here. This one's yours. Is it on? It is a joy to be here. And to look into your smiling faces. I won't say what sometimes I have said. I won't say it here. But some of your faces do need to look into. 
It is good <laughs> to be in the house of the Lord with God's family. And I have to confess that in my earlier life, I had a severe case of rheumatic fever, which put me in the hospital. And that left me with a hearing problem. So having your age, but the batteries went out. I don't know what happened. I put, anyway, enough said. So I'll have to listen carefully. I can hear, but I'll have to listen carefully. And I want to say this. Just thinking about it makes me weep. I sat in that theater, I don't remember how many days ago, and watched a film that brought back wonderful and happy memories. I remembered as I was watching what happened there. God, you did it there too. I really praise God. It wasn't on the level where you could make a movie of it. I mean, it really, a town, great big town of 600 people. And a church, I've teased that when our family showed up for the first Sunday, the church doubled. <laughs> Not quite. That's a little exaggeration, but we had, small. We had 21. Huh? We had 21 when we yeah, showed up. About 21. And I'm not exaggerating to say that in that small town, we had meetings of 400. They came from everywhere. Now, that was more on special meetings, but in our, let's quote, Sunday morning meetings, we would have at least this much. All the glory to God. I want to see it again. Amen. And I believe God wants to do it here. Right here. Amen, Dad. Good, good word. There's a scripture I'll read and make comments. And she'll ask me questions. We read Isaiah 57. Let me read Isaiah 64. One. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That's a prayer to God. That the mountains, when it speaks of mountains in the Bible, much of it at the time, it is a metaphor for impossible things. Take God to move a mountain. That the mountains may quake 
in your presence as when fire kindles brushwood. In a little town, as I said, in, of Wilder, Idaho, in those years, I never dreamed that what would happen, happened. This briefly, and then she'll ask me questions. We had an evangelist once come, come there. We had a nice move when he was there. But what it really blessed the place was that his being there shook everybody out of their comfort zone. And as I look back, I realize that they became permanently open to the move of God. Get ready for God to shake up your comfort zone. Hallelujah. Amen. We live in an age of abominations. That's not too strong a word. We live in a very needy moment in my belief, in my, 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 as I see things, when America needs another great evangelical biblical witness. Would you say amen? Amen. Amen. That's my part, right? I'll answer things. So go ahead and talk. <laughs> You're doing great, Dad. I'm fired up here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dad, first of all, I want to say thank you for raising me in that kind of setting. Amen. Thank you for being the kind of man and pastor who uh, I saw it emulated day after day that you were following God and he was first in your life, yeah, right. you know, and you gave me that ability to receive God too yeah. in that way, just to open up myself and receive the Lord. Yeah. And I feel like you raised me with a certain amount of passion too. Sometimes I get real passionate. Um, but what I want to say is, in that little town, percentage-wise, it's unprecedented. It truly was like the mountains or the impossible. Hey. I mean, Wilder Dad was a... It was a terrible place in a lot of ways. It really was. Okay, there were 11 bars, nine churches in that little bitty town, kind of in the surrounding area. Knifings, drugs. Are there little people here? Rapes. All kinds of terrible, terrible things happening there. It was the... Can I say this? Armpit of the world. 
I have said it before, but it just, it just seems that it was just a filthy, forgotten place. Nobody's going to go to Wilder on purpose. But my dad was called there. And so dad, as it turns out, there was a highway, 95, that went, was it east and west? Highway it 90, he, Highway 95, was yeah, it? it went north and south. North and south. Yeah. And then the other one was, it was a crossroad. It was a crossroad. So dad, yeah. think about it. Right. Where did all these hippies come from? Right. How did they come? Hitchhiking up by 85. That's... But you know what I think? I think the Lord brought them yes. to a forgotten That's right. state, a forgotten city. And you have to understand, it was way back there. How many years did we live that, Dad? How many years? Yeah. We were there 10 years. 10 years to the day. We came on August 10, and we left on August 10. <laughs> 10 years between. Well, Dad, the Holy Spirit was drawing them. That's right. And well, did they go you, to... You can okay. tell them where I, we were before. Yeah. Well, they, those people didn't come just by accident. Oh. I, you got to consider, Dad, there were nine churches there. And where did they come? They came to this tiny little church. I dare say it wasn't any wider than these two pews. Two, two rows of seats right here, and fr front to back, that's it, right there. And jammed to the max. Yeah. But before that, we were in Missouri, which is a whole other story. Well, we were in uh, Forsyth. How many here have ever heard of Branson, Missouri? Raise your hand. Anybody ever been there? Well, for what it's worth, we pastored in a town there called Forsyth, 15 miles from Branson. The church, I got, we, as our family, we got the whole morning offering. And that, rate, that went from 50 cents to about 10 bucks. Really a lot of money. So I had to work. In college, I had been a newspaper editor, the college paper, out in California. I had studied journalism. And the newspaper in Branson needed an editor. I didn't think I had the experience. And I just put it off. And I, but I got something in my heart said, go and apply. I went in there, applied. They sent me out on a story. Branson is a, a tourist area, and it, it was, it's much more now than it was. Anyway, I wrote the story. They liked it. They put it on the front page with my byline, and I was their editor. Praise God. So, and they promised me better wages. But because of, they had taken over the paper, they promised me they would give me 45 bucks a week. 
Whoa. <laughs> well, we, we had a lot of praying back then. Yeah. So, Dad, back to Wilder. Yeah. You said to me that you can identify three uh, moves that the Lord... It, 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 yes. Is it there that you identify the three moves? In, a, in Wilder. Wilder? Was it three moves in Wilder? Yes. Okay. Yes. Let me, let me ask. I, mean, I just mentioned, whenever people would ask me, where are you from? I'd say, I'm from Wilder. Wilder? Where's that? And I would always tease and say, yes, we were at Wilder, and we were everything our name implies. <laughs> then they'd laugh. Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh... You said that there were three moves that happened there. Three moves in Wilder. And so, Dad, how... I, I, I don't guess we could call it a recipe for the move of God, but what do you think are the key elements for a move of God? Well, I think we wanted it. And... Let me just say, friends, Wilder, Idaho, is farming country. They raise potatoes. I guess you've heard Idaho potatoes. They raise them and sugar beets. And one other big crop you never heard of, probably much of, but it was very important. And it was a whole lot of alfalfa seed. They had whole farms, acres of them, raising alfalfa, and they let it go to seed, and they, then they harvest it. So those three crops. There were other things. There were, over other ways, there were orchards, you know, that sort of thing. And here we are in this town. And what happened is that during the hippie movement, there were hippies out on up and down 95 hitchhiking. And, and they found us. And friends, you got to emphasize the former part because they were conservative. Yeah. The farmers, I mean. Yes. <laughs> Very. And here comes hippies into our service. Now they gulped big. And they kept gulping. We had them come in. The movie did a good job. They, they were kind. Huh? The movie was kind. The movie was kind, yes. Because we had them come in there nearly dressed. I will leave that alone. Nearly. Both men and women. And people shook their heads. 
We had guys with britches looking like they're going to fall off. I don't want to get to too detailed here, but we had them in their church. And they sat on the front row. And they sat on the front row. And on the floor. And the floor. We had hippies. Now, I come from a generation that hippie was when you was a bit overweight. <laughs> And grass was what you walked on. And pot was what you cooked in. <laughs> and I think most of you know what I mean and do the same thing. But here they came. I can give you an example. I could give you his name, but I won't do that. But a young one, a couple of them maybe, one guy, he came in, and I want you to know that he had had hair up, I don't know, way up there. And he had a tank top. Just a tank top. And he had britches. I'm so, which I'm so glad he did. <laughs> but his britches, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I've got to tell you the story. His britches continually looked like they were going to fall to his knees. And every woman in there was, oh dear. But that's what we had. They were real people. We had one young man, he was thoroughly hippie. He was a little better dressed. I found out from him that his dad, he had run away, he had hit his dad and had a fight. But his dad was a medical doctor in California. He, he, he genuinely came to Christ. And he left us to go back to California to reconcile and ask his dad's forgiveness. I believe in that kind of religion, that kind of salvation. When somebody comes to Christ, they want to reconcile. Amen. He never, I never saw him again, but he write me, he sent my wife and I Christmas cards and things. He'd always write on it, maybe in the middle of the year, he'd write on it too, and say, well, here's what's happening. But he told, I went back and I reconciled with my dad. I believe in that kind of salvation. Hallelujah, go ahead. So, it sounds like this was maybe the first move. Who? Was it the first move that we had, that one? Yes, it, it was really the first move that we had in Klamath, or in, in, in Wilder. Wilder. And then and, what happened? And, and, and it went on, and we grew, 
Now, just to give you an idea, there it was a big movement. When that church got all the way up to 100 people, and then it started to grow. I'm sitting here crying. Friends, I remember that. Now, you can ask me any question you want, but I believe God wants to do it here. Amen. How many would like that? Yeah, I read your clap. But could you think about it if some group of gays or gals come in and they're almost dressed? Okay. You'd say, oh dear. Not everybody that way, but we had that. We had, showing you, we had some problems in the old building. There was a, a lawn between us and the next house. The next house was where a dear, godly, elderly lady lived. She's gone to glory now. Elsie. And she was a good Christian lady. And... She'd lost her husband, you know, and, but she came to the church, and so she didn't have far to drive right next door. And she got very concerned during the meetings that we had, the, all these hippie types. And she said to one of the elders, Sometimes those people come and they park around the church. And she said, some of them make out. <laughs> now, we had real people there and real problems. Right. Now, we're not going to kick them out, but that was just the rest of them. Let me say, honestly, let me just say it this way. The young women that came and the, young, and the guys that were almost dressed, short shorts, girls, whatever else, uh, when they came to Christ, we never beat them up about it. We never said anything, but they became modest. I'm serious. We didn't have to say anything. My wife, bless her heart, she's in glory. She would pray with those girls like that and dress like they are. And my wife would just love them, hug them. And many of those girls wanted to look like my wife. And they got modest. I didn't, we didn't say anything. I cry for God to work. I cry for him to work here. And I pray 
that we will be ready. And you see, not only did they come hippie types, that's why the film, I cried. I cried when I watched it. At various points, I watched when they came to Christ, they was going down baptizing people in the, the Pacific Ocean. We were nowhere near an ocean. But we had the, we had the uh, Boise River, and we had a baptismal place where the river current went like this. And on the other side, it was, the, the water was calm. And we'd baptize there at the little beach. We'd go down there and baptize. We got them baptized. Hallelujah. Amen. So that was the first wave. And the second wave that the Lord brought was, uh, wasn't it the farmers? No. The farmers came to the Lord, yes. started coming to the Lord, and the farmers came from all around. Uh, the, the second wave? Yeah. Who came? Wasn't it the farmers? Yes. We had people coming that were farmers. We had three or four school teachers, basically very conservative people, you know. And again, they gulped. Yeah. Oh, my. So, Dad, what about Brother Roper and Brother Binninger? Oh, yes. We had two men come to Christ. Now, they weren't the only men that we had come to Christ. But they attended. And I'll just give you the name of one, Charles. His wife called me on a Monday morning. And she said, no, she hadn't been in the church yet. He had, her husband. And she said, Pastor Anderson, could you come to our house? Something's the matter with my husband. I said, what's the matter? She said, I don't know. <laughs> Can you just come? I said, sure. Where is your house? You know, in a rural area. And she told you had to go down a mile this way. And you, you see the sign there. And you'll turn left. And there's a white house. And you, and you go in there like that. Well, I had to follow the directions. So I followed directions and found them. Out here in the country. Out there in the country. I walked in there. I sat down, and her husband was walking back and forth across the living room. And he looked at me, and so help me, he said this. He said, Pastor, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. How do we get saved? He was a dirty, rotten sinner. How do I get saved? He was in, I found out as it, the morning went on, that he had not slept all night. He had paced the floor. He wasn't saved. 
Then he said, how do I get saved? And it was almost like I had to say, all I had to say was, receive Christ as your Savior, repent of your sins, and anybody come saved. And I, I, I said it to him. He did it right away. I, I, I forgive me my sins. Oh, I want to be a Christian. And then all of a sudden, whoa. Now, I never had this happen before. All of a sudden, he started dancing all over the living room. Oh, 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 oh. Do you mind me of being a little demonstrative here? But that's what he was doing, walking about. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't have to ask him, are you saved? <laughs> that was Charles Roper. Charles is now in heaven. And he, he and his dear wife, when he was doing all this, jumping around the living room, his dear wife was standing over there in the, in the doorway of the, of, the, uh, of the kitchen, standing there looking at us, and she's crying. She's crying, wiping her eyes. She never did that, but her, she came to Christ too. With her tears. And they became wonderful established Christians in that little country church. Another man, I oh, will just mention it, he wasn't emotional. He was a very quiet man. He was a wonderful man. He was in that farming community as well. But Clarence Benninger came to Christ. Not the same way Charles did. But he sat in his house weeping and receiving Christ. I say it to you. Get ready. God has a ton of people in this entire area that he wants to bring to himself. Amen. 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 So, Dad, you had a question that you wanted me to ask. Huh? You had a question you wanted me to ask, and that is, do we want it? Yes, she's saying, friends, people want that. Do you want it? I believe you do. I gotta gotta ask you, could you take people that I think you would that don't have manners? They maybe dress wrong or almost didn't dress. Can you do that? Well, I believe God will bring them in here. They might be drunk. And I tell you, let me just say. They might be high. Yeah, that's right. And if you had a young woman or young man, man with men, women with women, then you godly lady, get a hold of her and just love her. Just love her. Hug her. You don't need to say much about what she looks like. And same with guys, because we had guys, as I said, that, oh, brother. And uh, 
But they, they came to Christ. We didn't have to say anything. They just started dressing different. Amen. Amen. You know, Dad, um, there's one more move. And we can wrap it up with whatever comments you have. But there was one more move. Uh, first of all, I want to say, every move along the way impacted me personally. Yeah, okay. okay? I watched people come and, and just weep. No weird stuff. Just weeping before the Lord. Yeah. Repenting of their sins. Uh -huh. Every time. There wasn't any stupid stuff going on. No crazy things. It was people who wanted to be saved from their sins. Then the third wave was, was amazing because that's when people like myself, people like Tim, our... Yeah. Your son, uh, my our, brother. I, our son, your brother. Cried out to God. Yeah, amen. And he did go sideways for a while. Yes. But he came to the Lord in the end. However, there was also Curtis Pryor. Curtis Pryor. I mean, a lot of kids got saved. And a lot of kids went into ministry. But a person that we would all recognize would be Curtis Pryor, who's still in the ministry today after that third wave. And that's when Ray met me, was during that third move of God. It was like, I'm thankful I had that experience. My dad and I share that experience. Amen. He brings uh, memories to the table. I bring memories to the table. But the one thing that remains and is solid every step of the way Amen. is that Amen. people came to the Lord because they wanted God. They wanted to be free of their sins. So guess what we have to do? We have to make people aware of how bad it is first before they can ever accept how good it is. They have to get to be sinners. Amen. We have to acknowledge that we have sinned before a holy God. We aren't being saved from ourselves. We're being saved from the wrath to come. The wrath that every one of us is under if we don't know God. If we don't know Jesus. We are facing the wrath of God. It's not that God wants it. It's just that that's what's happened. We have put ourselves there. So dad, do you have any, any more comments? Yes, I've right. gone to preaching. Amen. Well... We've probably taken too much time, but if you have a question, raise your hand and fire away. Or stand up. Really? He'll answer anything. As long as I translate. I'd like to pray. Father, 
all the glory to you for doing it. But we did see it. And you used the movie that we saw in the theater to re-stir those beautiful memories because we saw we had happen, happened in us. I pray, Lord, that you'll move right here, that every one of us will commit ourselves. Will people come, maybe well-dressed, maybe not so dressed, but we'll look at their hearts, we'll look at their souls, and we'll pray with them. And you will send us a move of your spirit right in this very place. And let it spread across the lake. And spread across Utah. And may we see a mighty move of your spirit in Jesus' name. Friends, could we do this? Would it be appropriate? If you could, just come and stand right here. Everybody, just come and stand. If you, if you don't feel like you can come and stand, that's all right. We... We, we respect that but come if you can just stand right here that's it I love all of you I know pastor does and know Kathy does my we want to see God work we want to see God pour out his spirit Amen. Bless him, Father. Bless him. Bless him. If you're a young person here, one thing we didn't mention is that we had a real move of God among young people. Well, we did move, mention that, but tons of young people. And I'd have to say that in the next church where my wife and I went, in, in uh, Oregon, the one we we left Oregon to come here, in that church, we exploded. Not me. God did it. Amen. Let's see it happen again. In the presence, do you remember this song? Of Jehovah. Troubles vanish. Troubles vanish. Hearts are mended. 